2: Hello! What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 119. I'm Jimmy Kemski from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation. We are here to talk about the 2020 schedule release to be determined if the 2020 schedule actually even happens. We'll see with the global pandemic that we're going through at the moment. But, uh, Brandon, how are you doing this late night on thursday evening
1: jimmy you and all the loyal listeners out there who rate and review and subscribe and all those good things you're all on 19 and 0 in my book
2: <laughs> thanks pal i appreciate that that's a good uh valentine's day card there you go so should we just jump right in should we go week let's one? let's do it so we're gonna go uh you know win loss here and then i guess just along the way we'll go through what we see as sort of intangible advantages uh in each game so Week one, starting off with the Washington team, as they have done three times since uh, 2013. 2013, of course, was that, I mean, that's one of the greatest opening, you know, opening week games I've ever seen. Like that first, that first Chip game was really amazing for as bad as Chip's tenure wound up being. That was awesome, that game in, in Washington, where... We saw like the uh, hurry up offense unfurled. And then uh they played them week one in uh the Super Bowl season down there and they won. And then uh, they played them week one last last season and they uh Deshaun Jackson had the big game
1: and then we never saw from him again. So week one, win or loss, Brandon. I win. I think it's nice to always start your season with a division rival in my mind because it kind of like sets the tone. You're feeling good if you get that win over a division opponent, even if it's a lesser one. Uh, Washington coming into this season with Dwayne Haskins, who, again, had a pass rating in the 70s last year. I know he played a good game against the Eagles, but uh, you know he's a second-year quarterback who could really use these offseason reps that he might not get. Uh, Ron Rivera, new head coach in Washington, not getting the offseason reps for his new system. Yeah. The Eagles start off with a win.
2: Yeah, that's a big point that you make there. And there's a maybe an argument to be made that a new head coach will be more difficult to prepare for, but there's nothing new about Ron Rivera. <laughs> like Doug Peterson prepared for his defense in 2017 and in 2018 when he was with the Panthers. So there won't, there won't be any major surprises there. But as you mentioned, they have the the, you know, the Washington team has the disadvantage of not having that full off-season off-season uh, training schedule. To get the team up to get their team up and ready and I think they're just kind of sitting ducks there for the, for the Eagles week one. So week two, uh, the Eagles drive back up 95 to Philly and they will be welcoming the Los Angeles Rams who have to fly uh, across the country for, to the East Coast to play a 1 pm Sunday game. Brandon, what do you got there?
1: Yeah, I always like to bet against the West Coast team playing that 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time start for them. So disadvantage there. I will also say Doug Peterson owned Sean McVay. Indisputable. <laughs> Never lost against him. And give me Carson Wentz over Jared Goff, who has a 82 passer rating. Again, that's an 82 passer rating in his last 24 games played. Eagles start and right? zero. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I don't think they're
2: going to be good this year, the Rams. I think they're... Uh... They're going to fall off in that NFC West. I mean, they've depleted their draft picks because they've traded a lot of, they've traded so many of them away. But their offensive line is in big, big trouble, and I think uh, that's going to be a, a difficult season per, potentially for them. And they they may be on their way down. So uh, week three, uh, you have the Bengals the Eagles stay home. You have the Bengals coming to town. Of course, the new starting quarterback there will be, assuming he doesn't get hurt,
1: the young Joe Burrow. What do you see week three, Brandon? It's another situation, you know, where you have a younger quarterback not having that offseason. Yeah. And I think Joe Burrow's probably going to be good from the jump, even despite that, because I just think he's super talented. Um, but I just don't think the Cincy roster has enough. And uh, Press Taylor gets a win over his older brother, Zach Taylor. OK. So Eagles start 3-0. How about that? Yeah. So this is the game that you look at on the
2: schedule and you go, there's no way they lose this game. Much like game. much, much, much like the way that you looked at the Dolphins game last year, uh, which you know didn't exactly work out uh, as sort of expected. Uh, Can I take a whiff for a sec, Jimmy? Uh, <laughs> oh, did you pick I, the I Dolphins looking, in that
1: game? Well, I was well, looking preseason? back last year. I was looking back last year at my uh, schedule predictions at this time, and I was like, I, I wrote in there, I was like, man, there's something about Ryan Fitzpatrick that scares me about this game, and uh, <laughs> sure enough. I was I was right to say well, that. Well, did you pick did you pick the Eagles to win that game? I picked them to win, but I, I didn't okay, well the then. No, no, no. no, I'm I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a genius. I'm just saying every once in a while I get dumb and uh, I get some dumb luck on myself. I'm not gonna allow side. a whiff on that one. Sorry.
2: Here here's my other logic on this game too, by the way. So like my logic is you prefer to get your your weaker opponents early in the schedule and uh, maybe maybe uh, stated differently, you prefer to get your stronger opponents later in the season. And the reason why is because NFL really is so dependent on injury luck where, you know, early season good teams becoming, you know, sort of late season bad teams is more of a common occurrence than the opposite of that. Like early season bad teams becoming late season good teams. Um, So, you know, you may as well get the bad teams early and the good teams late since the good teams like might lose a quarterback or something like that. Um, So – the way this schedule kind of plays out, you get the team that drafted second in the 2020 draft in Washington week one. And then you get the team that, you know, the only team in the league that had a worse record than them uh, week three. So I think that's pretty advantageous. And if they can start off 3-0, and obviously that's a great way to to start your season off and kind of
1: sets the table for the rest of the season. So we both have them at 3-0 and yes. going into week four. Yeah,
2: maybe okay. a little over-optimistic, even though the opponents aren't great. But mm-hmm. I can't pick a loss in any of those three games, you know? So, I don't yeah. know. Week four, I think we'll probably both have our first loss coming here. They travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. What do you got?
1: Yeah, I'm not really scared of Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think he's, like, particularly threatening. But Kyle Shanahan is. Like, I, I think yes. and the, the Niners have a lot of talent to scheme up. And I just kind of wonder... About the Eagles offense and like if they have enough truly to kind of keep pace with what San Fran can score. I just think uh, the 49ers win that one. And and really just, you know, beyond like going opponent by opponent, I just don't think the Eagles start out 4-0. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I have them losing here.
2: Yeah, me too. Uh, I don't have anything more to add than that. I mean, their defense is awesome. Yeah. So, um you know, you probably expect some sort of decline there, like you kind of saw it with the Bears when they had that great defense in 2018, and they weren't quite as good in 2019. Uh, but, you know, as you mentioned, they lost to Forrest Buckner. But yeah, I, I see that as a loss going across the country to face a really good team. So week five, they are on the road again. So they got to travel all the way out west, come back, and then short trip. But they play in Pittsburgh to face the Steelers, a team that, I don't know how they won eight games last year with those two garbage backup quarterbacks that they had in Mason Rudolph. And I forget, the, I always forget the duck guy's name, but he was even wor- he was even worse than, than Rudolph, in my opinion. So, I mean, that's a team that has, a, a, again, another, that they face back-to-back teams with awesome defenses. Uh, it's a good roster. And, you know, I don't know if Ben Roethlisberger is cooked or not at this point in his career, but I still see that as kind of a difficult opponent. How do you see that game going,
1: Jimmy? A little trivia question here for you: How many losing seasons have the Steelers had since the year 2000? I know they got a few eight and eights in there, (laughs) so uh, I'm gonna go with none. They've had one, one okay, with uh, Greg Maddox as their starting quarterback in 2003. So So they've never had a, yeah, I bring this up because they've never had a losing season under Mike Tomlin, so. I think like there's this like sentiment out there that like the Steelers are kind of just bad now. Like they've never been bad. Yeah. Or they haven't been bad. I mean, you know, there's obviously years where they haven't been like great or good, but they're never like a flat out just bad team. Yes. So uh like I'm not just expecting an easy win here. Uh, the Eagles are only two and five in their last seven games against Pittsburgh, dating back to the sixties, which doesn't mean everything, but just point being like they don't always just go out there and win. So uh I have this as a loss as well. Actually. I do too, yes.
2: Uh, okay, Green so two. week six, another tough, this is a tough stretch, by the way. So week four, you have at the Niners, week five, you have at Pittsburgh, and then week six, this is their early season tough stretch. They have another tough stretch later in the schedule, but the Ravens come to town, the 14 and two Ravens of a year ago come to town, that is, uh, that, that's a tough game too.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're facing last year's MVP in Lamar Jackson, who, you know, could regress a little bit after having such an awesome year last year, but is still probably going to be pretty... Uh, tough to defend. He's pretty good. You know, I wonder with the Ravens kind of like really being reliant on their run game in some ways. If that's maybe a matchup that Jim Schwartz, yeah. you know, like a little work uh, exceptionally in his favor since he loves to stop the run. Uh, I actually have the Eagles winning this on okay. my BGN prediction, but... It wouldn't be fun if I just really copied and pasted the same exact thing into podcast form. So uh, I'm gonna diverge a little bit and say they lose this game. I got. A I, lo- I was I on here. I got. I got a loss here. I mean, you,
2: the point that you make is sort of the argument that I would have for them winning this game. In that, uh, you know, the the strength of the Ravens' offense is their rushing attack, and then the strength of the Eagles' defense has always been sort of their rush defense. So, <laughs> like, you marry that up, and they can win this game, but. I think they're a little too much. I think the Ravens are a little too much for for the Eagles this year. so i I'm, I got them now at three and three, and I guess you do now too. So far, so we're identical so far. Mm-hmm. uh Week seven, Thursday nighter, finally, the Eagles get a home game on a Thursday night, although uh they face a team that only has to make
1: a short trip down
2: the New York uh, excuse me the New Jersey Turnpike in the New York
1: Giants. How do you see that one playing out? The Eagles are twenty and four in their last twenty four games against the <laughs> Giants. They always beat the Giants. I am not going to pick the Eagles to lose to the Giants no, until I either. see the Giants actually beat them. Like, what's the point? Right. Yeah, me too. Joe Judge, by
2: the way, I'm already out on him. I'm wow. already out. Haven't seen him coach a game yet. Already out. Like the whole the whole deal about him not calling any players by name or his quarterback by name or like it's just so high school Harry garbage. <laughs> like it doesn't work in the NFL and it's not going to work and I just can't see it. I think uh if I'm a Giants fan, I just want to fast forward to the
1: next head coach. I kind of forgot that Jason Garrett was the offensive coordinator here. Like I know I I knew that in my head, but yeah. like I kind of I was like, "Oh, that's going to be different. You know, that's going to be weird seeing him on the Giants sideline clapping instead of the Cowboys sideline."
2: I think he'll be fine in that role, by the way. Sure. Cuz his biggest downfall was managing the game. It's weird because, like, I think you—I uh, made this point too, but uh, you really hammered home this point. It was like, you know, the the scene in Office Space where, you know, that they're interviewing the the guy, like everyone's trying to save their job, or whatever. He's like, "What exactly would you say you do here?" Yeah, because <laughs> he didn't he call, call the, the plays. <laughs> he just sort
1: he doesn't of... pick the players, <laughs>
2: right? It didn't seem like he was doing all that much. He did take a lot of blame, though, after their losses, though. So he did do that. But his game management was was usually pretty awful. Uh, They they lost some games because of some of his, uh, you know, late game conservative uh, decision making. So anyway, uh, he won't be in that role with the Giants. He'll be fine, maybe as an offensive coordinator. But uh, I do agree with you there that until I see the Giants beat the Eagles, I will continue to pick the Eagles to beat the Giants. Same thing with the Washington team, by the way, too. You can just put me in for for a win week seventeen against them. By the way, spoiler alert. <laughs> so uh, week eight, uh, Eagles stay home and they face yet another uh, division rival. They get a little bit of extra uh, preparation time for them and rest uh, coming off that Thursday game. They face the Dallas Cowboys
1: week eight. Who you got? I have a loss here, Jimmy. Okay, I know the, the extra time, but I'm just I'm envisioning, you know, Darius Slay. Okay, great, he's going to cover Amari Cooper, but uh, you know, you got to cover that CD Lamb guy too. And uh, you know, when you look back at the matchup between these two teams, they've kind of had like a weird home and away thing. It's kind of it wasn't the case last year, but yeah. in years past, it's been where like the Cowboys win in Philly and then the Eagles win in Dallas. Like I don't know why that is, but they've kind of had that in the past. And uh, I think it's gonna be a shootout. I think. The Cowboys are going to be involved in a lot of shootouts this year. And I think I just have them edging out the Eagles.
2: So I saw like an over under for, you know, wins. And uh, they had the I don't I remember if the Eagles were. It's funny that I don't remember the Eagles, but I do remember the Cowboys. The Eagles were either nine or nine point five. The Cowboys are 10. 10 is like too high. <laughs> like I get like they had a great draft. In fact, I, I, when I, I do grades for each of the other three NFC teams. I gave them an A minus, which is probably the best grade I've ever given them. So I am fully on board with their good draft. But, yeah, I mean, that doesn't make an offseason. Like, they lost Byron Jones. They lost Robert Quinn, Travis Frederick, um, Randall Cobb, who will be replaced by CeeDee Lamb, of course, um, Malik Collins, uh, and then some lesser guys like Xavier Sofilo, Jeff Heath, uh, Kerry Hyder, and so on and the list. So they lost a lot of players this offseason. They didn't do much to sort of replace those guys. Like, they replaced Collins with you know a couple older defensive tackles and like Gerald McCoy and Dontari Poe and stuff like that but I think they're like they're, they're some or they're I guess they're you know their their net gain or loss or whatever I think I would say they took a loss this I think they got worse this offseason than they got better even with that great draft I got a win here for the Eagles I think okay. the, I think the Eagles are better still I think
1: I think they're better so week nine week the nine Eagles have a bye bye do you think the Eagles will defeat the bye or no 'Cause last year they lost to the bye. They got more hurt coming out of the bye than they did <laughs> going true. into it somehow, which is
2: they lost to the bye in twenty sixteen, too. Like they started off three. know, and then uh they lost that uh Lions game in disappointing fashion. And yep. uh that, that but still that bye kind of ruined their momentum. It did in the early part of that season. Whereas, you know, you're hoping for the bye, but the bye came so early that year it just sucked for them. This is a good spot for their bye. First of all, week nine is far far enough along yeah. in the off season. And then for somebody who is like, who has OCD problems, I do like that it exactly cuts the season in half. Yes, I love that. It's great. <laughs> it's nice uh, and uh, it's symmetrical. The Eagles, by the way, really... do not face another team coming off their bye this year. Last year they had three. They yes. had, they had the Jets, the Seahawks. And, the, and uh, the Patriots. And they lost two of those games. two of, And those both of those games were at home. And both of them were winnable. And they were banged up in both of those games, if I recall. Like, I know Lane Johnson was at least out for the Seahawks game. I think they had a bunch of guys out against the Patriots, too. The Jets, they just walled because they were playing, you know, Luke Falk. But uh, the two, like, legit teams that came in after their bye, uh, they beat the Eagles last year. So, they're, 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 you know, obviously that's not nothing. I think that is a big advantage, not having anyone coming off their bye.
1: Yeah, and to add real quick, there the the Patriots also kind of canceled out with the Eagles by. Oh the right, Isabel. yeah, yep. They, they didn't. They didn't get. But but saying that as a negative for the Eagles, like they didn't yes. get to, the chance to have extra rest. Yes, a, a full buy on opponent. Like they just got a neutral. So, uh, why don't we take a break here? Sure. I mean, before we get into the second half of the Eagles' 2020 schedule. Back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, giving you a 100% accurate, you can take it to the bank, <laughs> Eagles 2020 predictions for a schedule that will definitely be played fully on time. Jimmy, what do you we have You
2: have them 4-4 four and four so far. I have them at 5-3 and three through the first half of the season. So coming off the bye, two different ways to look at this. They're, they play the Giants. On the one hand, it's a division rival. And those games are super important, so I kind of think it's a good spot to get the buy, even if it's the team that you've kind of owned over the past. Like as you mentioned, they're twenty and four in their, their last twenty four mm-hmm. games against them. I saw that you mentioned this, where you know it's a, it's you know it's not a great team, so maybe you want to have a better team coming off your yeah. buy. Uh, I'm fine with with who they got after the buy, but they they do come back after the buy and they get the Giants. You know, put me down for a win over the Giants all day, every day.
1: Yep, it's. Uh... I don't know what you can say. Like, what? How are the Eagles or how are the Giants beating the Eagles? Like, maybe Daniel Jones really like takes off, but is he really going to do that in an off season again where it's shortened? And uh, we already said where, or at least you said you're not the biggest Joe Judge guy. I'll, I'll give him a chance. I'm not. I'm not writing him off just yet. I'm already yet. writing him off. He's done. That's fair. I'm not saying it's unfair. <laughs> I'm just saying I'll, I'll, I'll see what he can do. Uh, we all, you know, looked at Doug Peterson as the unheralded hire. and uh, I worked for the Eagles. Maybe it'll work for the Giants. I don't know, but yeah. So I have the Eagles. Winning this game as well. So week eleven is kind of a tricky opponent. They play in Cleveland against the
2: Browns. You know, I don't, it's a team that like you know I didn't watch much of last year, but you know I I fully understand that they had a wildly disappointing season. Obviously, guys got fired and such. Um, Odell Beckham was literally pleading to the other team's sideline during games. Trade for me. So that's <laughs> not good. Uh, but you know they they play in Cleveland uh, week eleven. What do you got?
1: I think I was winning this game. I think uh, I'm not really in on Baker Mayfield, especially after watching him last year. Yeah, maybe the new coaching staff will get more out of him. But again, no offseason. and uh, this is actually significant because it's Carson. What's first game in Cleveland? You know, not counting when he traveled there in the preseason in mm. 2018. This is his first you know real NFL game there. So that'll kind of be interesting uh, storyline that week as the team who passed on him, and uh, I have Mr. Darius Slay locking up Mr. OBJ in this game and I have the Eagles winning. Okay? Yeah, I have been winning too. I mean, the the way that I look at the Browns is
2: you know, they were the team that like people were kind of picking to go from you know, not being a good team Every for a little while to maybe they maybe they kind of do something and they make the playoffs. And I would equate that a little bit to I mean, they don't have the same kind of talent level as as the 49ers for example. But the 49ers were kind of that team for a little while in the NFC where like <laughs> people were like maybe a little early on predicting them to sort of get over the hump and get into the playoffs. Uh, and then they finally did. I don't, I think maybe the Browns have a chance to be that because they do have a lot of talent on the roster. It's just a matter of kind of putting it all together, but I don't think they're, I don't think their coaching staff is like, is going to, it's going to be like as good as you know Kyle Shanahan and, and uh, you know the crew over there, so I don't. I don't see them sort of making that big leap, and I think they are going to be very beatable that in, in week eleven. So week twelve, Seahawks come to town. Who do you got?
1: I know you're. I know you're a huge Russell Wilson guy. Yeah, he's probably my favorite player in the NFL, especially if we're going non Eagles edition. Like I, I just, I've always loved Russell Wilson. Oh, uh, so Carson Wentz gets hurt in this game, and the Eagles own Russell Wilson. Jalen Hurts comes into the game, and he leads him <laughs> to a win. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, I actually do have the Eagles winning here, which okay. really is more a heart over my head pick here because yeah. the Eagles never beat Russell Wilson. It's so difficult, but I guess the way I'm looking at it is like, they, they have to do it at some point, right? Like they're going to beat them eventually. They're due law of averages. Can't, you know, can't argue with that. And <laughs> I feel like the team is really going to want this one. Like they're, they're really going to want this. it's It's Monday night football. They're going to be like, you know, this is the game or, you know, freaking Clowney knocks out our quarterback last year. And they embarrassed us twice like last year. Like, let's uh, – well, embarrassed is maybe not the right word. But, you know, they, they beat them twice last year. And I think the Eagles are just really going to want this one more, which is a very football guy thing to say, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but I'll give the Eagles a win.
2: It's a Monday nighter, by the way. Not that that means anything. But um, uh, I'd be hypocritical if I said, just shock me up for a win over the Giants in Washington until I yep. see them – until I see, you know, either of those teams beat the Eagles. So –
0: until I, see the,
2: until I see the Eagles beat the Seahawks, I'm going to keep picking the Seahawks over and over and over again as the Eagles. I got a loss here. Yep. Week 13, Eagles at Packers. Eagles stole a win in Green Bay uh, a season ago. Packers wound up 13-3, and made it to the NFC Championship game, got their asses kicked by the 49ers. 49ers just ran it down their throats all day. That was an embarrassing loss for them. Um, anyway, they have some uh, drama going on there now that they, they, they drafted uh, Jordan Love. If you think it's bad here in Philly with uh, the Eagles taking a <laughs> second round quarterback, I can see it a little bit more in Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in age, but they took one in the first round. I think their draft was just widely panned by every draft analyst there was. I don't know what they did otherwise in, in free agency, you know, still a difficult team with Aaron Rodgers, uh, at the helm. What do you got there?
1: Yeah, I think Paul Domowicz noted that this is the Eagles' first game at Lambeau in December ever they've ever played oh, there okay. this late, so that's a little interesting. Could be a, a snowy game. Uh, it should be very cold, snow or not. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is you know we're starting to see decline from him, but like <laughs> after watching him against the Eagles' defense last year, uh, you know I think he can still have some success. I'm also. Uh, Getting visions of like Andre Dillard starting in the scheme, whether (laughs) he is the starting left tackle this season or Jason Peters gets hurt, either way. Right, right. And like, I could just see like Zadarius Smith, like, just. Freaking like owning him, like uh, I, I'm a big fan of the Darius Smith. I, I think he could just have like a monster game. Uh It should also be noted the Eagles are coming off Monday Night Football, as we kind of mentioned the Seahawks. So this is a short week for them too, and I just think that's tough. Like yeah, green just Day. like in
2: 2019 too. That, that was a Thursday game that they, uh, yeah, they went to Green. That was, that was a tough game for them to win. That was their, I think that was their best win of the season last year. Uh, that, yeah, that that or so, Dallas. Yeah, week 16. Yeah, yeah. So I have this as a loss. What about you? I have it as a loss as well. I think you said it better than I will. Uh, So week 14, uh, another, this this is their second tough stretch, by the way. So you have the Seahawks uh, coming to to town. You have the Eagles going to Green Bay um, in December. And then you have
1: the Saints, another team that just beats the Eagles every time they play week 14. Who you got there? All right. So the Saints, this is their third straight road game, right? Yes. This is also a descent, well, little context here. You know, I always used to kind of have this mindset, that the Saints, you know, they're scary in the Superdome, but they're not so tough on the road. Right. Sean Payton has only lost five out of their last 25 road games. And uh, (laughs) one of those was last year when Drew Brees got hurt against the Rams. And another one was the Minnesota Miracle. So so even out of those five losses, like, you know, some of them easily could have been wins. I added here my write up that the Eagles kind of uh, equalized the Taysom Hill. You know, a matchup advantage that the Saints <laughs> have on the Eagles because the Eagles have their own taste in Hill now and Dylan right. So that's equal. But uh, kind of going to the theory of like owning another team that we talked about, like the Saints have owned the Eagles. And uh, I could just envision like Malcolm Jenkins having a big game in this one. And I actually wrote <laughs> right. that uh, they're going to, Eagles are going to lose in overtime. So it'll be a close game. It'll be closer than the past Eagles Saints games. But uh, Malcolm Jenkins is going to have a pick six for the game winning score. It's going to hurt real bad.
2: Okay. So here's where I will be a hypocrite. And I will pick the Eagles over the Saints here. Because wow. I do think there is a difference between um, you know, the Saints playing on the road. And I, you know, without looking, my guess is that a lot of those road games are, you know, in Tampa where the weather isn't mm-hmm. gonna be where the weather's still gonna be nice, in Carolina, where it's not gonna be that bad really. Uh in Atlanta, where it's still a dome anyway. So, I mean, again, without looking, I don't, I don't know exactly where they're playing, but you get into December weather in Philadelphia and you know Drew Brees is still going to be a great quarterback, but it's not going to be the same as when he's in a dome in New Orleans. I mean that that's we can agree on that, right? So like I think that uh, it does sort of minimize their the the effectiveness of of their offense when you have a you know a, when you put them in a, a cold weather climate, and uh, you know as you mentioned the Eagles being the third of three straight road games, that's a big deal. Like I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know that like teams that have to do that. Their winning percentage in that third game is very low. So that's a huge yeah. advantage for the Eagles. And uh, I think they – I think they, it, whereas I think they'll lose to the Seahawks week 12, I do think they're finally going to get one in the W column week 14 against the Saints.
1: Yeah, the last thing I'll say there is I feel like Breeze has kind of lost steam as seasons have gone along in recent years too. Now that's so, yeah, also older. true, yes. So uh, that could be a case here, too, with the Eagles. I, I would say it's good, certainly, that the Eagles are playing them later in the season uh, than, than earlier, as you kind of talked about with playing the bad teams in the beginning. So so I, I have it at overtime, like I have it being a close game, which is progress from the last time they played the Saints. But I just, I don't know. I just think the Malcolm Jenkins factor is going to be interesting that week. Week 15, they head out to
2: Arizona. This game might have been in uh, Mexico City had they not yes. changed that. The Eagles were prime candidates to, to uh, play in Mexico City this year. It didn't work out that way because of the global pandemic, canceled all the uh, international games. But the Eagles head out to Arizona. It's a tricky game against
1: this Cardinals team. I don't know. Mm. What to, I don't know what to make of this Cardinals team yet. I can sell you on them if you want me to. Go ahead. Well, first of all, I want to say like Cliff Kingsbury, Sean McVay guy. So I'm already kind of out on him by default, but. <laughs> T- being a little bit more objective about it, when you look at uh, the Cardinals' offense, they finished seventh in DVOA last year. Okay, uh, they were last in 2018, obviously, when they were like the worst team in the league. Josh, uh, Rosen. I thought I saw some promising. Sam things. Sam Bradford. Out of Kyler. <laughs> uh, yes, I thought I saw some things out of Kyler Murray at a rookie, as a rookie, that were like encouraging, and now he is DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, the Eagles don't have Malcolm Jenkins anymore to kind of shut down Larry Fitzgerald, who always kills them. So, uh, and I also think. Now and I have no idea how this really factors in in terms of crowd noise if there's even going to be crowds or whatever. But I feel like like the Cardinal Stadium is might be like one of the more underrated tougher places to play. Like I, I feel like it can be a tough environment, like more than you would expect for like it. You know, what you would perceive like oh, there's a lot of retired people there. They don't really care. I don't know. Like I, I think it's 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 a decent place uh, in terms of challenging to play. So I think I have the uh, the Cardinals winning this game here, especially because like they might be a team that benefits. Like as the season goes along, because they're kind of like a younger team figuring it out, and they might piece things together by the end of the year. I actually, have the Cardinals winning this game? Yeah, that's the only
2: stadium in the schedule that I haven't been to yet. Is uh, I've been to, I've been out to Arizona a couple times for owners meetings, but I've never been to that stadium, so I can't. I I have no insight on whether it's difficult or hard to play there or not. Um, but yeah, in addition to Larry Fitzgerald and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who you mentioned. You know, they got um, Christian Kirk, too, is a good receiver, too. So they have sort of the you know the one two three punch, wide receiver similar to the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I think the, they're going to be a, a hard out, but I don't think they're there yet. I think the Eagles okay. handle their business out in Arizona. That, that's, that's actually another tough stretch here. So we talked about the, the tough stretch earlier in the season. But from yeah. weeks 12 to 16, you have the Seahawks, you have at the Packers, Saints at home, at the Cardinals. And then coming up on week sixteen here, Eagles at. Oh, sorry. Did you have a win or loss for the for the Cardinals there against the Cardinals? Cardinals. Win. Okay. So Eagles lost. Okay. So I have a win there. Eagles at Cowboys week sixteen. I know you're going to go I, win here because you took a you gave them a loss before. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote that
1: in my prediction too. It wouldn't be yeah, a I true know, schedule. I know prediction. you wouldn't
2: have them getting swept by the Cowboys.
1: <laughs> I mean, I might. Some people think I'm being too negative with this team. Some people might expect that from me, but no, I, I think the Eagles will. Win in Dallas in a game, you know, where their back's up against the wall. I mean, Doug Peterson, he's December Doug, right? He's 12 and three in games in week 15 and later over the past uh, three years here. So uh, the Eagles go down to Philly. It's, or sorry, down to Dallas. It's another shootout, but they uh, they win this time.
2: Uh, I have the Eagles losing this one only
1: just because that's just, you know, I'm not going to have them sweeping the Cowboys.
2: I have them beating them earlier. You have them losing earlier. So let's just flip them. Okay. And that's my analysis on that. Week 17, they come back home. They started the season
1: uh, in Washington. And they that's kind of weird, right? They closed the season with Washington coming to Philly. Yeah, a little bit. Because those are like two potentially hugely different teams, like, you know, but between injuries and everything. Like, yeah. there, there's so much that could change between week one and week 17 that uh, kind of a funny uh, thing to watch there. Both are uh, ideal yeah, for I mean, the Eagles, though, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Wait, wait, why? Well, I think it's I think it's ideal for
2: the Eagles to get them Week One and oh. Week Seventeen.
1: I thought you said raw deal. Sorry. Oh no I'm no no sorry. no no oh.
2: no no. I, ideal for them to to get Washington to open and close the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like Ron Rivera is the kind of guy who I think is going to have his players playing like respectively. So I'm not just like having the Eagles blowing out Washington in this game, but uh, I have the Eagles winning. So yeah, I mean, Week One, you know, we mentioned why they'll be uh,
2: you know an an ideal opponent because shortened off season, won't be able to get up to speed. And at the same time, new head coach, but they already know all about him. So no surprises. Blah, 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 blah. Not a good team. Uh week seventeen, that's like classic quitting time for, for teams that like, you know, are already eliminated. So I don't think like there's a lot of quitting going on in the NFL um throughout like the back half of the season for teams that are really bad. But once you get to week 17, I think that does happen quite a bit. And it's got the potential to happen in uh in this game in my opinion so i think the eagles just kind of walk all over them in week 17 here if hey, the eagles so, have some
1: if the eagles have something to play for there anyway so why don't we take a quick break here and then we'll get to our like final record and kind of final thoughts on all of this okay back after this back here on bgn radio 119 for our final thoughts on the eagles 2020 schedule jimmy i have the eagles finishing at nine and seven in this podcast activity i had them finishing 10 and 6 on my post on bleeding your nation so i'm kind of uh pulling a bow wolf here and, and splitting the difference and putting two different opinions out there so i can make myself look right <laughs> uh depending on which version i want to use uh, but but seriously though i was i was in between that nine and seven and ten and six so uh how are you feeling
2: uh yeah i them 10 i have 10 6 here so that's probably right on par with uh where I would imagine Vegas has them at nine point five, so we kind of we're on we're on each side of that. I would say one thing that that I didn't say uh, on uh, the week seventeen game is uh, it's also ideal to get a home game to close the season, especially for I mean not especially for but four teams that make the playoffs because you don't want to go into the playoffs with a road game if you're you know. If you're a wild card, especially like you look at like the Eagles' 2018 season, for example, they closed the season in Washington, and then they had to go to Chicago and play a playoff game there. They won that, they advanced. They had to go to New Orleans and play on the road there. So those are third straight road game, and you know they're kind of worn out by then. <laughs> and then you know, had they won that game, then they got to they got to go to L.A. So ideally, you want to close your season at home. I mean, even if like win the division and you get a home game or you have a buy or whatever, it's still ideal just to be just to not have to travel back. On that Week 17 uh, week so I I Do like that they that they're if I'm the Eagles I do like that I have that home game week 17.
1: I also wanted to add one thing I Forgot to mention that makes the Seahawks game even Tougher the Seahawks actually play in Thursday night Football the week before so they okay. have a little bit Extra rest for that game too so That's an, an even other reason to really not Take the Eagles against the Seahawks as I Did for some foolish reason that I'll look back on and uh, kick myself for Later but uh, what do you think's is the realistic Ceiling for this team Jimmy like in Terms of record because I have it at 11 and five. Like, I, I don't think they are a 12, especially in the context of their schedule. I just, I don't think they're a 12 win team. I don't think like they're this elite team. I think like, you can argue there's the the outcome, there's the scenario for it. Like you can in, try to envision the path for it and make the case for it. But like in terms of realistic expectation, I just don't think this team is in that elite tier of the NFC. I just think they're in the good tier
2: yeah, it's gonna be hard for them to get a first round buy in my opinion, because I mean, they have the advantage of playing in the craptastic NFC East. So you get four easy games against Washington and the Giants, which is nice to have during this period of Washington and Giants ineptitude, like when you look at their schedule as a whole, like the combined winning percentage of the teams they of of their opponents uh, from twenty nineteen, it's one twenty they they're combined one twenty four. One thirty-one and one. So the overall combined winning percentage of all their opponents from a season ago is four eighty-six. But it's but it's skewed because Washington went what three and thirteen, and the Giants went what did they go four and twelve last year? So you get mm-hmm. those two teams twice. So that skews that winning percentage. Cowboys obviously went eight and eight. But you look at the schedule and the number of hard teams that they have. Like you got the Rams, who I don't think I think they're on the. On the downfall, but you know they're they're a team that's been you know, they're just in the Super Bowl two years ago. You have the Niners who were in the Super Bowl a year ago. You have the Steelers who we mentioned you know went eight and eight without a quarterback last year. The Ravens were fourteen and two, uh, had a first round bye and the number one seed overall. Uh, the Cowboys who they've struggled with uh, obviously beat them last year, but they they've had their troubles with them. They've had their troubles with the Seahawks. They've had the troubles with the Saints. If the Packers who were thirteen and, and three last year, the, the Cardinals who could be on the rise. So they have a lot of hard teams on their schedule. So it's gonna be difficult for them to put together a record that's like you know like 14 or two or thirteen and three or even twelve and mm-hmm. four that's gonna get you a first round buy. So I think uh, you know that's gonna be really hard to do, but I do think they can still win this division. by the way, you had them at seven and I'm sorry, you had it at nine and seven. I have him at 10 and 6. Is 9 and 7 mm-hmm. enough to win the division again?
1: Yeah, I kind of took the coward's way out and didn't mention that. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, there, uh, it's the stat that like, gets charted out way too much, and you already know it when I'm before uh, about to say it, but there hasn't been a repeat winner in the East since 2004. Yeah. So, like, it's no sure thing. You can't just be like, oh, they're definitely going to win the division again because right. it doesn't happen. Like, teams don't do this in this division. So, I don't know. I think the Cowboys are kind of – Good enough to where nine and seven doesn't get it done. I think you might need that that ten win mark.
2: Like I said before, I think the Cowboys actually got slightly worse this offseason. Um uh, mm. but I think they also wild not wildly, but I think they underachieved last year. Like I thought they were yeah. better than their eight and eight record, you know, oh show. for sure. Yeah. So like I would expect them to have a bump just on that. And, uh, you know, if they do go 9-7 and seven and they sweep Washington and they sweep the Giants and they split with the Cowboys and they're in a good position to win on a tiebreaker there, I don't know. We're maybe getting a little <laughs> – maybe going a little too far down a, a nonsense trail here. But, uh, uh, yeah. I, so, I, do I would, you have them? I, I would say that 9-7 and seven is uh, is probably
1: not going to cut it in 2020. Okay.
0: As yeah, it shouldn't so, uh, in any year, really.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's what the Eagles have been what, the past two years. Now. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. And so, so I have them in the podcast exercise here—a third straight year of nine and seven, which is disappointing because they're not really making progress in a sense. Yeah, um, and it's another year of Carson Wentz's prime where you're going nine and seven for sure. And so, kind of looking at the big picture of it all, as I am always want to do. Like, I feel good about the team in the sense of Doug Peterson is one of the best head coaches in the league. Roto World's uh, coaching rankings, which I always think are, are well done by uh, Patrick Pat. Darty. Yep. Uh, does a good job with those. I think that's a really accurate ranking. He only had, like, Andy Reid and Bill Belichick and uh, Sean Payton and John Harbaugh above him. And I think that's, those are all that's fair. very fair. So, you have one of the best head coaches in the league. You have one of the better quarterbacks in the league. We, we said last episode on here on BGN Radio, I think Carson Wentz is a top 10 quarterback. So, I feel good about that. Obviously, the injury thing is always something you have in mind with your projections. Uh, you know, there's a big assumption if he's staying healthy. And uh, Jim Schwartz, I feel like you're going to get at least, like, a respectable defense out of him, just looking at his track record. So... There's enough here where I think the Eagles' floor is like eight and eight, nine and seven. Like I don't think they're much lower than that. But I also think their ceiling just isn't as high as some might think it would be, and some as what ideally would hope to be after, you know, kind of these these kind of just, you know, nine and seven finishes. You're looking for another elite team, and I just don't think the Eagles are that. And that kind of explains my disappointment with the team and the offseason as a whole. Like I don't think they've made the leap. Uh, that doesn't mean I think they're a terrible team. It just means like I don't think they've accomplished the high standard goal we should have for them. See, I think their floor is like five and eleven. Wow! But that's with a Carson Wentz injury. Oh, yes. Okay. Sure. Which yeah, is, I'm
2: assuming Carson Wentz stays healthy. Oh, okay. If Carson Wentz if he stays healthy, then yeah, their floor is probably somewhere around like seven and nine. I'd say a lot has to go wrong for them to be that though. I would I would think. But you got a lot of other injuries somewhere else <laughs> if that happens, or Andre Diller is just brutally awful.
1: Yeah. Kind so, of a big kind of a big <laughs> X factor there.
2: I mean, they're counting on a lot of different players to be you know really good this year and if all of them aren't really good, then they're in trouble. Like they need Deshaun Jackson to be really good. They need
1: Jimmy, their, I have a question for you.
2: Darius slay. Sorry, go ahead. Is uh is hope a strategy? <laughs> hope uh, is not a strategy as the saying goes, Brandon. Interesting. I mean, they have reason to believe that some of the players uh, that they have should be good players. They do not have good reason to think that some of the players um, that they're counting on
1: can stay healthy over the course of a season. Just a quick one here, like let's get a percentage for <laughs> percentage for like all of these sixteen. This schedule to be played perfectly as is. Like, what is the chance that this schedule just gets fully played out just like it is? No delays, no whatever. Oh. Do the coronavirus. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, greater than 50? That is uh, that is
2: outside of my realm of expertise. But uh, I would s- – so, like, I think first of all, I will say that, like, the schedule, the way that um, it sort of got put together for the Eagles structurally, like, forget, like, the actual opponents and how good they are because there's nothing – we already knew who their opponents were going to be. But just the way that they configured it for the Eagles, it's one of the best schedules that I've seen them get – since i've covered the team and maybe the best schedule that i've seen them get so of course it's not going to happen as is
1: <laughs> that is too true
2: but yeah i would say that the uh that the idea that this nfl season is going to go off unfettered um sort of unaffected is uh pretty optimistic <laughs> i would say i would say the uh the nfl folks are being very optimistic about that Uh, and maybe uh, foolishly so.
1: Any final thoughts to me?
2: No. I mean, I guess I I just made the point that I think it was very favorable for them. The one thing that I will note is that, um, you know, because they won the division last year, they get the first place schedule. So Mm -hmm. they get the Saints and the Packers in those two floating games. The Cowboys get the Falcons and the Vikings. uh, Advantage Cowboys on that. Saints are obviously way better than the Falcons. I don't know that the Packers are much better than the Vikings. In fact, they might not be. Uh, but the Saints are obviously way better than the Falcons. Giants get the Buccaneers and the Bears, and Washington gets the Panthers and the Lions. So you mentioned the point about the you know no repeat uh, divisional champions since uh, 2004. Uh,
1: Cowboys do have an advantage there. He's been Jimmy Kemsky. Follow him on Twitter, at Jimmy Kemski. Read his work, Philly Voice. I've been Brandon Gowton. Brandon, you can follow me on Twitter, at Brandon Gowton. B r a n d o n g o w t o n, as if you don't really know the spelling of my last name if you're listening to this somehow. Uh, and you can obviously read my work at Nation.com. Hey, one thing I've been wanting to say, Jimmy, yes. bleeding green nation uh, podcast, or sorry, Twitter feed, is almost at 10K. 110K. What am I saying? I cannot. I'm fumbling. 10K. Over my I was going to say, that's really not bad. that good. <laughs> yeah, 100K. So uh, let's get that bad boy up to 100K. You know, why not? We're almost there, like 97. So let's is do it that. Is it now? I'm curious where, what, it, what, it, what it exactly is. Also, Jimmy, did you know I'm on Cameo? <laughs> I did not know that. It's true. It's in my Twitter profile. So if you want me to, uh, if for some insane reason, you want me to give you a personalized video message, which I feel like Jimmy is definitely going to do now in some kind of <laughs> trolley way. How, uh, how much are you charging for that? I'm only three bucks, baby. Oh. <laughs> that's, for, that's a bargain. It's, uh, it's kind of fun. I have fun doing it. Some people have uh, sent me them and it's kind of just like fun stuff. Uh, whatever. Some Cowboys fans trying to troll me, or some people trying to get <laughs> me to say, like, uh, uh, Dak Prescott. And uh, Do you turn stuff down? No, I do, I do everything. Okay. So, uh, it's just, you know, I think it's a little fun thing to do. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. uh So check that out, too, if you're interested in that. And uh, otherwise, make sure you subscribe, you know, rate, download, review, all those good things. Follow BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. And until next time. goodbye everybody. B-G-N.